<laughs> this be the opening. There's no music. Well, I mean, I'm going to add music to it later. So we're going to be talking about opening over Jimothy's music? Yeah, over Jimothy's music. Said what I said. Jimothy's music's going to be played in the background. You're a disaster. <laughs> duo. The disaster duo. That's us. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. I'm I mean, so excited. Hey, hey demons and delinquents. I'm Sav. And I'm Kat. Welcome, Welcome to, to Creepin' It Real. A paranormal and true crime podcast where we surprise each other with new cases each week. This week, we'll be discussing true crime, but catch us next week for our paranormal stories. So this week, our topic is true crime stories from our hometowns. Yeah, or uh, around our hometown. Yeah, because I have been to some... I technically have so many hometowns between being born and being like eight years old that I had to just pick a random one. I literally have such a small hometown that I had to go out of my hometown's hometown to get to a hometown. Oh, this technically isn't in my hometown's hometown either. Yeah. It's just like the town over, but my hometown's police department was involved with it. Yeah. Like literally where I'm... Where my hometown is is, you know hell (laughs) like literally port arthur is as big as my pinky fingernail so we had to go outside a little bit need to go around beaumont and orange and shit like that and i was gonna originally i was gonna use shreveport because that's where i'm originally from good one yeah i thought so until trying to find a true crime case i came across 40 goddamn gang shootings in the last 24 hours you know how hard it was to research anything Every five seconds there's a murder, so there's nothing really interesting. So, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about, I want to hear about yours, because, like, I just, since we aren't from the same place, like, I know it's something I haven't, like, really heard of, and if I have, it's only been something smaller. So, I will go ahead and say that I'm gonna put, like, a disclaimer, a trigger warning, whatever you want to call that for my case, because my case does involve child murder. (laughs) <laughs> mood so if that's not your thing maybe skip ahead like yeah don't go to mine either because mine's a child murder too you oh, might just well, want to stick around next week and wait for paranormal just wait for the paranormal yep because uh because apparently we both are chose child murder a, um <laughs> i'm sorry to let you know this but you're gonna be a little upset and triggered so maybe move on we'll be <laughs> back on next um wednesday <laughs> um Okay, so I don't know, I'm really excited though. Alright, uh, so how are we gonna find out who's going first? Uh we can flip a coin. Uh, if you have a coin. Do we have a coin around here? I had one sitting over here a second ago. Ah, oh, there it is. Under gang, my gang. Alright, you ready? Heads I'm or tails? In my ra- uh, heads. Okay. Heads, you get to go oh, first. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Gang gang. I get to hold first? off on doing my makeup. What you mean, bruh? <laughs> Alright, so oh, you get to go first. If y'all didn't know, she's playing with the new Jeffree Star conspiracy palette. Not an ad, but could be. And because uh, this is kind of like conspiracy. Kind of. Exactly. It's a conspiracy podcast. Sort of. I mean, it's not legit a conspiracy, but it could be if you think too hard on it. Everything's Um, a conspiracy if you think too hard on it. I mean, I don't know. So my case is, like I said, not technically my hometown, but close enough. It takes place roughly Escatapa, Pascagoula, Mississippi, um, in between really depending on if you know the area or not, what you'd call it. 
Uh, so mine is a pretty old case. It's a basically a cold case. It's yet to really be solved. Um, it actually took place in like 1980. Yeah, it took place in 1982. Uh, so the name of mine is called the Mississippi Delta Dawn. Um, that's just kind of a name that they've coined for the little girl. So the Mississippi Delta Dawn, like I said, is sort of a cold case. Uh, and ever since it's originally happened, uh, there haven't really been many breakthroughs or any breakthroughs. Uh, <laughs> they did at some point, uh, dig up the little girl that I'm going to be talking about to get her DNA, uh, but it didn't even ping nationally. So who knows? But, uh, on Sunday, December 5th of 1982, the body of a little girl was found beneath the bridge, uh, between the Franklin Creek and the Escataba exit. Uh, the first bridge that you get on, if you know what I'm talking about, it's on I-10. It's the first bridge you'll get on is where she was found. It was yeah. under the bridge. Um, and, uh, yeah, she'd been spotted floating in the Escataba River, uh, after a truck driver was passing through it and tipped some police off saying that he'd think he saw an adult body. Uh, so obviously that led to some, um, interesting, interesting things because originally where the truck driver had said, like, yo, there's this body underneath the bridge was not where they found the little girl. Um, so, the adult body, by the way, was never discovered, uh, and where it was said is if you continue to go down I-10, there is another bridge over another body of water going to Gaucher, and they looked under there, didn't find an adult body, but they decided to keep looking, uh, maybe body floated, they drugged the river, and that is when they had searched under the Escataba Bridge, the Escataba Bridge and they found a body of a little girl. Uh, she was seen at the edge of the water, and uh, it was said that she was probably between the ages of two and a half to three years old. Uh, she was wearing a pink and white checkered dress, and she had on diapers. She had strawberry blonde hair with blue eyes, and she weighed about 20 pounds, uh, and completely unidentified. Uh, they, again, looked for the body of this adult that had supposedly been seen by the trucker, but there was nothing. There was no way that they were going to find this lady. So after they found the body of the little girl, they put out a whole news article about her and kind of said what was going on. And after, after that article was released to the public, um, a lot of people were coming forth saying that they had saw a woman and a child, uh, going down the intersect or not the intersection, but the grassy little patch. What do you call the grassy Median. patch? Yeah, the median. <clears throat> the median. The, that is a median. I thought the median was what you merge onto. No, that's... that's or the thing that you, like, the road that you get on to merge onto the interstate. Is it really called a median? Oh my god, I'm an idiot. I need to, like, drop out of law school. <laughs> no, the, the center of the interstate is the median. You're thinking of the on-ramp. Yes! <laughs> Bruh. I promise I'm actually really intelligent. Um, <laughs> despite popular belief. So, yeah, she was, uh, said a lot of people were coming forward saying they saw a little girl and her mom walking on the median of I-10, uh, really, really late at night on Friday, the Friday before the little girl was found. She was found on a Sunday, uh, that this woman was wearing blue jeans and a blue and white striped shirt, and she was carrying a, what looked to be a child in a blanket, um, and it was also reported that they had saw her refusing to get in the car with some truckers, 
and it was also reported that there was this pickup truck that had consistently tried to pick her up that she consistently said no. So, that's really it. Now, she was seen between Escataba and the Grand Bay exit. There's a truck stop in Escataba, and there is a truck stop in Grand Bay when you get off the exit of the interstate. And it was said that she was seen at the Escataba one and at the, Gray ba- the Grand Bay one, too. So, they definitely saw the mom and the little girl, or what we could say is the mom. Um, but there's no accounts of this woman when they dug up the little girl, did the DNA, nothing popped up. Like, it's basically like she doesn't exist. And there's no one really looking for her. This happened back in 1982. So, that was in December. That was December 5th, by the way. Um, so, um, there was an autopsy done at some point um, after they found the body. And when they did do the autopsy, it was found that she was smothered. So, but at the same time, she was smothered, and they also found water in her lungs, but not a lot of water. It was said that there was only a little bit of water. Um, so, it really, it, it's kind of difficult, I think, to say. Uh, the investigator that was working the case from all the way back then thinks that she was suffocated by her mom, trying to keep her warm, because like I said, it was December, it was probably really cold, they were walking on the interstate close to water, which just means more cold, so he thinks that, you know, she was trying to keep the baby warm, maybe accidentally suffocated her, and when she realized, like, yo, the kid is dead as fuck, um, tossed her off the bridge, and was like, lol, bye, which kind of makes a little bit of sense as to why there might be water in her lungs because if you're going on a bridge now the bridge is not the highest bridge in the world i mean i've jumped off the bridge that they're talking about you can survive but a two-year-old in the middle of december probably couldn't uh definitely couldn't uh it is probably a good i think 10 to 12 foot drop i believe um if you jump off and, I mean, who knows? When the body hit the water, it could have went into her lungs. But autopsy says that it wasn't much water, but enough. Which, like I said, kind of makes it a... You don't know case. Like, it could be anything. Something could have happened, but you never know. So, do they do they think that the body that the trucker described is connected to the Delta Dawn case? Or could um, it be completely different scenarios? Well, like I said, from the people that had came forward and said, like, yeah, we did see this girl walking with a kid, or what they thought was a kid, she was wearing blue jeans and a blue shirt. Now, the trucker that tipped off the police didn't really put too much description, just said it was an adult body, face down in the water, wearing blue jeans. They could mm. tell that there was blue jeans. But that was really the only description that trucker gave. Uh, to my understanding, they never found that particular trucker, but they did find the one of the other truckers that had been going through saying that, yeah, I saw that lady. And he wound up being pretty uh, compliant to police, to my understanding. Um, and he lived in Florida. Uh, but there was, within the years after she uh, was found, there was a couple of people that... Uh, tried to come forward saying they knew who she was. Uh, I know that 
the investigator that was on the case had said that there was a woman in Kentucky that claimed to be the little girl's sister. Um, but when they talked to the girl from Kentucky, they wound up talking to that girl's mom, which would also be the mom of the little Mississippi, Mississippi Delta Dawn girl. She had her, she had a hysterectomy way before it would have made sense for the little girl to be born. So, I mean, other than that, there's been no claims of this little girl. No one, not many people know about the case. It's a pretty, like I said, it's a local case. It's not popular. It's not worldwide. Um, so not much has came of it. Now, the, um, the investigator, uh, after weeks of, you know, the body being in the hospital, being tested, like autopsy, trying to find people to come and claim this little girl, after weeks, no one did. Because, like I said, it wasn't national news. Uh, so the lead investigator's wife had actually asked about the little girl and what they were going to do with it. Like, if it remained unclaimed, where was it going to go? And, you know, I mean, the guy was had been in the police department for a little while. And, I mean, that's pretty public knowledge, I think, that if you're a John Doe or a Jane Doe, no one claims you within so long, you just get buried in an unmarked grave. And you don't really get a funeral because no one knows you. Like, that's just what happens. It sucks and it's kind of sad, but it's what happens. It's reality. Um, so... Uh, the investigator had talked to the chief of police and everything and was like, hey, anybody claimed the girl yet? No one claimed her. So he wound up, him and his wife wound up adopting the little girl and gave her a proper funeral. Uh, she had a funeral at a funeral home. She got an actual grave. She got buried at, she has a headstone. Uh, on the headstone, it actually says baby Jane, uh, just instead of saying Jane Doe, cause they didn't know what her actual name was. Um, but that's really it. End of the day, there's literally no new information that's been discovered. And it's, yeah, it's, you can even go and look at the grave if you want to. It's still there. It's in pretty good condition. Um, I know that the daughter of the police officer that had handled the case goes and takes care of the grave. Um, it's kind of sad. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I think a lot of things could have happened. I personally, in my own opinion, just because I've heard bits and pieces about this case, but never the full thing, um, I personally think that it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty good theory that she was picked up, maybe the mom was picked up by a trucker, maybe the trucker didn't realize she had a kid with her until it was too late, he smothered her, threw her off the bridge, then killed the mom and threw her later. Yeah. I just, I don't think, I think if you found out that you had smothered your child, that you loved, like, she wasn't on her way to kill this kid or anything. She was just walking down the interstate, she accidentally smothered her child. I feel like she would have tried to flag down a car first, instead of just going, oh well, yeet, and yeeting her kid off a bridge. I mean, yes, I can see that as well, but... I've looked at a lot of cases like this, like, oh, by the way, guys, so I am in college, uh, for, well, this, <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually do look into a lot of this, and that makes sense, but at the same time, I mean, I wish there was more information, like, it's such a circumstantial thing, like, if you knew one thing, it can alter it completely, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, how old was the mom? 
Like, the mom was, what if it's, what was a young woman? What if it was 15? What if the mom was 15, had a little girl, didn't, I mean, she doesn't know what to do with a kid. Like, I guess being in her shoes, it could have been, like, an immediate panic. Like, what were you at 15? Like, what would have really ran through your head? What if, oh, no, I accidentally killed this kid. I don't want to get caught. Let me throw her. I'll get in the truck with somebody, and I'll go. Never have to talk about her again. Like, she could still be alive to the day. Also, at the same time, it could have, the woman they saw carrying the child could have not even been her mother. It could have been her big sister. Or just a child that, or a girl that randomly took a child. Yeah. Like, who knows? I mean, there's, it's very That is a very, very, very open-ended Case. Like I said, it's a it's circumstantial. One thing could change it completely. Yeah. Um I don't know. To me, I think I just think the mom didn't know what she was doing. Like who or the, the older lady that was with her? Um so obviously she didn't know what she was doing because she was walking with yeah. a 2-year-old down the interstate in December. In December at night. Like there's Which, just, that's another thing, too, is if you think about it that way, maybe she got in a fight with her significant other, her significant other threw yeah. her and the baby out of the car. Maybe they weren't even walking that far. Yeah. Who knows? Because, I mean, like I said, there was that thing with the pickup truck. Yeah. That there was a, that a lot of accounts say, hey, I saw this girl, and there was a pickup truck that kept going by, would get off the interstate and go back by. Mm-hmm. And try to talk to her to get her in the car, but she never would. Like I, like I said, very that could easily be a boyfriend or a whatever. Yeah, circumstantial. You never know what could have really happened. I and there's no real cameras or anything out there. Yeah, either. there's not. There's nothing. Um, and with all of that though, like I said, they dug up the body years later to, like, try to DNA it to see if maybe it would ping. Nothing pinged. Like not like, I know this was back in the 1980s, so technology wasn't as advanced like when you were birthed in the <laughs> 1980s I mean I'm sure that you didn't get put through as much as kids do now no they like, did you don't get to fingerprints and that was it yeah you don't get everything drawn back then I'm positive of it yeah like like you don't go into a missing person's database immediately when you're born just to make sure you don't get lost yeah and I, and, but the thing is about this case is she may, I mean, if it's the eighties, she may not have even been born in a hospital. She could have been born at home. Yeah. Yeah. That. And I mean, that kind of stuff, it, I think that she was, I think she was probably born in a hospital. I think she was, you know, I think she may have had an okay family. Like maybe she did, maybe she didn't, but I think she did. And I think it was just a very unfortunate situation. Um, I don't see her, I don't see her or the mom being from around here because I personally think that if, I'd like to think that they came from a decent family, um, or a somewhat okay family. And I think that if Mm -hmm. I had a kid and something were to happen, um, with, with anything and I just wound up walking down the interstate with my child my at least two-year-old kid like the kid was not a newborn it was an actual like it had been around yeah as a toddler yeah I mean I think if that happened to me and we wound up my little girl was put on the news because they did wind up doing like a little progression like made her look like she wasn't in the water for 48 hours like she was did a reconstruction yeah and I mean it did they said that the the investigator said that that little girl that was the reconstruction of her looked 
just like the little girl. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, not... Her face wasn't sallowed in, so yeah. it's fine. And I, I think personally that if it happened with me and you hadn't heard from me or my little girl in a little while, you would probably start questioning. Yeah. Like, I hope that if I don't talk to you for a week and you don't see me or my kid for a week... You like, didn't answer my like, memes last night and I got worried. Like, I mean, yeah. I think that that's... <laughs> I sent you, like, eight memes last night and nothing. And I got worried. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not yeah, even gonna exactly. lie. I gave you six hours and I was like, alright, she's dead. I mean, and that, I mean, that's why I don't think she's from down here. Because yeah, no. if that little girl went on the news like it did, because she was, she was part of the local news. They did put her face out. And if I had a little girl who was found, if her body was found and they put a face out, and you're my best friend and you saw her face on the news, I feel like you'd know. Like, oh, oh yeah. my God, I haven't seen them in that's two That's Cat's weeks. kid. Oh, There's shit. Her kid, what have like, I don't think she was from down here because this wasn't national news, so it's yeah. not like it was broadcast everywhere. Yeah, I think she had to have been from not here, from not here. Okay, <laughs> my guess would be Florida, just because that's the direction you said she was coming from, right? She would have been dropped, baby. No, she was there. going towards Florida. She was coming this way. She was coming this way. Well, see, my question there is, though, is that would make her not connected with the body under the Gaucher Bridge. If they were connected, she would have to be going that way. If not, they could be going towards Wait, Florida. Are you talking about... Where th- I'm saying if the body that was supposedly discovered under Gaucher that yes. no one really ever found... Yeah. If that was the mother's body, then Dawn would have been had dropped here, closer this way, and then they would have had to go towards Gaucher, so they'd have been coming from Florida that way. Now, if that body isn't connected to Dawn, then yeah, yeah, okay, I get what you're, I get what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's plausible too. I just they could even be from Alabama. Yeah, she have to go through Alabama to get to Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's I just don't think she's from here, and I don't want to. I mean, I'm not gonna assume, but I don't want to say or I don't think she's from anywhere down here at all. Yeah, because that's just so. She's so close to everything. Not just that, but you said that she she avoided rides with multiple people. You said she, she didn't take rides yeah. from people. Most people in the South back in the 80s would have just hopped in the back of your truck. Because we all know everybody. We're all super trusting. We're all super yeah. whatever. Her being from up north somewhere, that would make a bit more sense as well. Yeah. Now, um, I kind of want to put a disclaimer, but at the same time, like I kind of don't because this is the 80s. Because uh, I actually did an interview with the lead investigator of the case. By the way, this is why I know a lot of the stuff. Um, <laughs> but they they did do a lot of interviews, he said. Uh, and this one guy came forward, and he was a black guy, and this was back in the 80s. And when they interviewed him, the guy himself, like the, I don't, he didn't give me a name, so I'm not really sure what this dude's name is. But uh, the black guy had said he was gonna stop and get him. Because it looked like they needed to be got. But he didn't think it was his place back then to be a black man picking up a white woman and her kid. Yeah. Most people of color, it would have looked bad back, back then. then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, but he, I mean, that was one person that they actually talked to, too. So it's yeah. not something that... It's not hearsay. It's like they yeah. spoke to him. They knew. So he, I mean... Because that's the other thing about this case is a lot of it really is hearsay. Yeah. It's... Nothing's really set in stone other than they have the body. Yeah, and that's how it is, too, and it sucks, but, I mean, what can you do? (laughs) 
So yeah, I think she was just a young mom. She didn't know what she was doing. She was walking, maybe ran from home. Maybe she was a missing persons back in the 80s. Maybe this mom was a missing persons. Maybe she was young and her parents didn't approve of her having a kid so young. She wasn't with the dad. Um, Maybe she left home, decided to start walking, maybe didn't have any money. And she wound up just in a very unfortunate situation because if this body that was found, if it was a true thing, if it was under the Gaucher Bridge, I know that you had said something about uh, maybe the there was a dude that murdered the kid and then the mom. Um, maybe, maybe she was walking this dude, forcibly picked them up and dumped the kid and then raped the mom and dumped her because I would love to I just wanted to be closed like I want to know actually what happened I'm never going to but mm. it'd be nice but what you're saying is completely plausible too you never really know Mm-mm. but that's see fun. at least mine mine at least has somewhat of an ending is it not a cold case it is a cold case it's not cold it's still an unsolved case but it's not a cold case because mine is the unsolved murder of Denaria Finley. Okay. So, about 17 years ago, a young girl named Denaria Finley went missing from her home in Orange, Texas. Orange, Texas is... I guess I should go into some background here. I moved around a lot. Yeah. I've lived in Florida, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, and everywhere in between. So, I had to pick a town to pick a murder from. I'm originally born in Shreveport, was going to try to choose Shreveport. Shreveport had too many murders. It was too hard to narrow it down. So I chose Denaria Finley because my mom mentioned it to me when I told her about doing the podcast. Uh, She mentioned it to me because this is the murder that I do remember vaguely from when I was a child. So Orange, Texas is right on the Louisiana-Texas line. So you have to go through Orange to get to Port Arthur. Yeah. Which is where I'm from. Or one of the towns I'm from. So, about 17 years ago, this young girl went missing from her home in Orange, Texas. On July 4th, 2002, so this wasn't that long ago, just a few weeks before her fifth birthday. Oh, that's terrifying, actually. Yeah. And investigators say Denaria... Oh, hold on. What did you just say? How old was she? She was... It was a few weeks before her fourth birth, or fifth okay. birthday, so she was four, about to be five. In 2002? Yeah. So Dang, she, we were almost the same age. That's what I'm saying. We were about, me and this kid were about the same age when, when I was living there. Yeah, that's. Yeah, so a couple weeks before her fifth birthday, investigators say Denaria Finley was taken from her North John Street home in Orange, Texas. So about the time she went missing, they said basically that somebody literally walked into her house in the middle of the night, took her out of her bed, and she disappeared. Oh my god. Yeah. Dude, I have something to say whenever you're done. And that's so uncommon in small towns like that. So, they said that police were alerted and they began searching for her. And a few days later, the whole community kind of joined in in this big search party. All of them really hoping that Denario was still alive somewhere. Yeah. And sadly, it was about four days later on June 8th that the search party received the news that the little girl's body had been found in Port Arthur. The Port Arthur police contacted them and said they had found the body of a small child on Pleasure Island. Dang. Now, Pleasure Island, if you Google it, I don't know if the playground is still there. 
but there was a big wooden playground that was built like a castle. Like it was really, I remember it very, very vividly from my childhood. I used to go there. Was it wooden? Yeah. Okay, I know. It was one of the playgrounds. Like, it probably looked like the normal playgrounds, like, that we have. Like, it was, was it wooden and kind of green? Did it have anything green? No. Was it, it big? Was, it was straight up just wood, and it was, like, I mean, it was the size of this house. Like, it was, like... I know exactly what you're talking house. about. Yeah. So, it was this big castle playground thing, and it was right there on Pleasure Island. Now, Pleasure Island, back when I lived there, didn't oh. really have a lot on it. Now it's got like a big pier with roller coasters and all kinds of shit. Like it's a big attraction now. It's got museums and stuff. But when I was a kid, I don't really remember anything about it other than that playground. Because I remember my mom. That's so scary. I remember when this case happened because my mom stopped letting me go to that playground. Dude, that's so scary because I'm sure that I could, like, I know exactly what that looks like. That play castle. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, like, I have, like, my mom has pictures of me playing on the playground set. Where you can see the crime scene tape still in the background. From where they found her body. It's crazy how closely related me and this case were without actually ever being related. So, it was quickly determined that the, the body that was found on Pleasure Island was Denaria Finley. So, apparently she was wrapped in a sheet. And this is where the trigger warning or disclaimer comes in. She was raped and strangled. So, investigators did say that they had found evidence of that along with everything else. Now, Orange Police do say they believe the killer is someone local and a calculated killer who carefully planned Denaria's kidnapping. Which means he's probably done it before and he's done it since. Oh, absolutely. That's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, They also, they said they believe this kidnapper came into her house and took her from her bed in the middle of the night. Which, to me, feels like it should be someone she knows. Like... That's how it was with Elizabeth Smart. Yeah, like, I don't think it was a stranger. And even if it was a stranger... It could be, like, a weird stranger. Like, it could be, like... Or it could be someone, like... With Elizabeth Smart, her house was getting worked on. Yeah. By, um... The the, the guy that took her was a roof... He was working on her roof. And they had heard... Like, they, they knew who he was. He knew where they lived, but they didn't know him know him. Yeah. So it could be something like that. Like, it could be just a theory but yeah um hey that's the name of one of these (laughs) that's just a theory a game theory anyway so you made me want to punch myself i love you (laughs) they do believe though that the killer was they they have a person of interest in the case and it's still the same person from 2002 it's still the same person of interest they have now they just can't everything's so circumstantial they can't prove it yeah well because when they did the, um, when she was raped, did they do a rape kit on her? Yes, it actually says right here, as early as November 13th, 2018, new DNA testing was still being done on this case. And they still can't get anything. They still, they've taken blood and a bunch of other stuff from the sheet she was wrapped in, from her clothes, everything. Um, but yeah, so they straight up, they have... Nothing. They they have this. They said they've done like three or four different interviews in the past three years that have led to something, but they all still lead back to the same person of interest, which they don't mention in any of the articles. But I can understand why they wouldn't do yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, and um, I actually added this in just in case it came up. But it says the police are seeking new information and testing old evidence for new DNA. Improved DNA technology could be the key to finally figure out. Figuring out who was involved. Because as the years go on, as long as they keep that evidence fresh, they keep it updated, 
they're gonna end up finding something. So they keep testing it like Hopefully. yearly. I mean, like I this don't case, know because even with the freaking JonBenet Ramsey case, yeah. Oh, like that thing is that this case is unsolved, but it is nowhere near a cold case. Like it is still very much being investigated to this day. And it has right here. It says police are hoping for anyone who knows anything, and that they'll come forward with new information. If you're listening and know something, anything about Lil Denaria's murder, call the Orange County Police Department or Crime Stoppers at 409-833-TIPS. So, T-I-P-S. But, yeah, that's literally, like, that two pages is all that's known about What her. do you think happened? Like, I mean... You know, when I first started looking into it, I actually thought it may have been a Kaylee Anthony kind of thing where maybe the parents did it and yeah. they didn't want anybody well, to Well, they're know. always the first suspects anyways. Yeah, but watching the interviews with her mom and the police talking to her mom, she's, she, cause when Casey Anthony, cause I'm old enough that I remember watching the Casey Anthony, Kaylee Anthony case. Yeah. And I remember even at the age I was, remember being able to watch Casey Anthony and be like, she did it because she's not acting right. That and uh, with the freaking Kaylee Anthony case, Casey just yeah, like she never acted right. You don't even want me to get started on that girl. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I don't really think it was the mom. I don't think it was the parents. It's. I honestly think it's it's someone in the community, who is more than likely has been doing this a very long time. Mm-hmm. They've probably done it before, and they've probably done it since, honestly. But I believe, honestly, it's a serial pedophile, a serial kidnapper who took little Denaria. I don't think that it would make sense for it to be just a random one-time thing. Because it was so calculated, and because it was done so well, there's so little evidence. But at the same time, I still also think... How are you sleeping in your bed and your child's in her bed and you don't hear someone come into your house? Well. Because, like, I know where I live. When my roommates come in, I hear them immediately, even when I'm sleeping. Well, do you know where they lived? Like. I do not have a picture of their house, no. I wish. Because I thought I'd be able to look it up. All I know is that was on North John Street in Orange. Because, I mean, it's like that. Which, North John Street is not, or it wasn't a good neighborhood when I lived there. It could be now. I don't know. But when I lived there, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a great neighborhood. Because with, um, with that, my house you can hear sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you can't. Um, and then I think it depends on the house, how the house is built, where it's set, the kind of ground it's on. Because, I mean, if I go and stay with Madison, mm-hmm. you can't hear anything in her house. Yeah. Like, you... Have you can't hear someone walking unless they're stomping. But here, if you go into the kitchen, I'll know you're in the kitchen, and I'll know you're getting some water. <laughs> I'll know. I'll know what you're doing, Savannah. You better not. <laughs> Don't you go. You lint liquor. <laughs> like it's just so circumstantial. I, I try to with these cases. I try to be like very um very open minded. Yeah. That, and I don't want to accuse either. Yeah. Because it can be... Well, see, that's why I really I really don't think it was the parents. I don't think they had anything to do with it, but I do believe it may have been... Not even negligence, just the wrong place at the wrong time sort of kind of thing. Yeah. Like, maybe they weren't even home when it happened. Maybe they were leaving her with a sitter. Maybe... Because cases like this just... 
I, I feel like I've said this like three times in this podcast, but it just reminds me of the Elizabeth Smart case. Yeah. Like. We're going to have to cover that one one day just so you can talk about it. I'm afraid. Because, I mean, that's just something that's so interesting. That yeah. it's like, I mean, the thing with Elizabeth Smart, too, is they had security in their house. They yeah. had freaking alarms. They just didn't set them. Yeah. One thing could have changed everything. Maybe they had alarms. Maybe they didn't set them this one night. Yeah. Because apparently in the Elizabeth Smart house, it's like if you opened the door to go out to use the bathroom, the alarm would go off. Maybe that little girl was sick. Maybe that's the kind of alarm you just... Gosh! I just hate these cases. I know. They're I get, love them, but I hate them. These are the ones that end up keeping you up at night. Because you're like, what could have been changed just slightly to change the whole outcome? It's like the butterfly effect, but with murder. I mean, I feel like that's what a lot of murder is, though. It's it really, like one little thing. Have it, you it ever, honestly is, Do you know how many serial killers and murderers you've probably walked past in your lifetime that just didn't choose freaking you? Freaking Ted Bundy's one that's just like that, though. It's yeah. like, he could have been... I mean, he did kind of get caught way earlier, but <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but with Ted Bundy, like, one thing could have been changed, and he could have easily, easily been out. Well, see, that's nothing, so too. Many it's, like, it's, it's really interesting to think of how many times... You've been walked past by someone who was out to kill someone and they just didn't choose you that one time. Maybe you weren't their type. Maybe you weren't their M.O. Whatever it is, you got brushed over and you got to live another day. It's just these cases are crazy. I just think anything involving a kid, actually with kids, I'm more interested in their cases than I am literally almost any other murder cases, true crime cases, only because kids... Are I mean it's sad either way with a kid. It's it's easier to go missing as an adult than a kid because yes. as a kid you constantly have supervision. Well, you should have constant supervision. That and because these days, the kids they're under like there's so much with kids. Yeah, like you can find out so much about a kid, and especially with like social media these days, yeah. you can find out where they are who they're with, when they're going to be home. Because, yeah. I mean, there's been times where I've posted things. Like, I don't... I post things and I don't think. I don't think sometimes. I just <laughs> post, like, haha, we're going to get Starbucks in Mobile at this one. Like, I'll post a location drop. Who knows who could watch that? Yeah. Like, kids. like, with adults, it's so much easier to go missing because I could hop in my car right now, move to a new town, change my fucking name, and no one would know. I would. Well, you would know, but you know what I mean. Like, no one in that town would know yeah, who no. I actually was and where I was from. Absolutely. Unless I had to, like, show my driver's license or something. But with kids, they have so much constant supervision, it's really, really, really hard to imagine a kid just disappearing. But even and especially being kid, just taken out of their bed. I feel like at the same time, that's probably one of the easiest. Like, if I, this sounds bad. Y'all, <laughs> I promise I'm in school for this. I am actually... I'm not a creeper that puts myself in these situations for pleasure. Um, but putting myself in a situation, if you were a kid mm-hmm. and I wanted to, actually, my nephew, he's three. Okay. River. I love him and I do. I keep him, I, I, I try to keep an eye on him at all times. But, like, if I wanted to take him, He's so easy to just take and no one would know. Like, obviously would know, like, yo, kids. he's missing, but if I... Kids if are I'm easier from, to coax away. If, let me take this kid real quick. Uh, he could. And yeah. River, and, yeah, and, we'd and, know River's missing. Obviously we would, but... It's quiet. <laughs> but, I mean, if he's in North Dakota and he's booking it to North Dakota, 
there's a chance we might not see him again because one, he's three. He doesn't have any school records. He does. He has birth records. Yeah, he has his DNA. He has thumbprints and all. He don't. He does. He's not in school. He doesn't have like professional pictures taken of him. Yeah. Like he's not. There's not much on him. Like. That's another thing too. His kids are a lot easier to coax away from their parents. That's why I am a very good advocate for the child leash. Should definitely put your kid on one of those little monkey backpacks with the leash on it. But anyway, kids are so much easier to coax away because all you have to do is be like, hey, look at this cool shiny thing. Hey, follow me. And then kids yeah. just go. There's actually a case I want to touch on on our next true crime thingy about a little boy. That, like, I, okay, I watch a lot of true crime. I listen to it. Like, it's interesting. I'm school for it. I love it. But there, I don't get overly emotional with it mm-hmm. um, at all. But I've never ever watched a video that like made me stop and have to pause it and I'm bald like I did not go to sleep that night it was terrifying and it was about a little boy you know what case I want to I want to cover one day that hmm. it's a pretty popular case a lot of people know about it's been on BuzzFeed and it's all just been a lot of other things but it's always interesting to me is the boy in the box because the boy in the box is a lot like the Delta Dawn case he was nationwide news and nobody still knows who he was that's yeah you should I'd like to know your like output on it yeah but it's just I don't know (laughs) kid cases suck but they're also sadly most of the time they're the most interesting they are the most interesting I think they suck I think missing people suck nonetheless but they are really interesting because and especially if they're solved I like solved ones a lot because I like to know you like to know there's faith in in the world that you know people get found also, as someone that is going to be looking for these murderers, I like to look at the fact that someone has found a case, a, a boy, like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a kid went missing and they found this little boy in this case. Now a little kid went missing 10 years later. And it's the same kind of case that can lead you to find a killer quick, fast, and in a hurry. Exactly. If that makes any sense to y'all, it makes sense to me. It does make sense. But, um, Yeah. So, next week we're going to do paranormal, right? Yes. Next I'm week. I'm excited. Uh, we'll release the topic probably within the next couple days because we're not sure what we're doing yet. I'm a big fan of local cryptids. I think we should do local local creatures and cryptids just because everyone knows about Bigfoot. Everyone knows about Mothman. Representing the Mothman. Um, you make me kill me. <laughs> I love Mothman. Mothman is my favorite. Mothman's my next tattoo. Anyway, everyone knows about Bigfoot, everyone knows about Mothman, everyone knows about the Chupacabra, but not very many people know about the, um, the Rougarou, or just random things that, local cryptids that are just from around here. I mean, I, uh, yeah. Cause I'm between- We'll lo- have to add a lot of stuff to the board and really, like- Cause I'm between local cryptids and abandoned hospitals. Cause abandoned hospitals is always a cool one, too. And you can get real spooky with that one. I also want to do one on demons. Oh, of course we're going to do one on demons. Demons. I'm going to research the demon you hate. I just Don't. To... <laughs> I won't show up. <laughs> it's in your house. You can't. I'll lock you out. <laughs> we are not doing it. I'm kidding. You better be. <laughs> I swear to God, if you come in here with him, I will hit you with my conspiracy palette. And it won't be a conspiracy about your death. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just going to walk in with the damn thing trailed on a leash. I'm just going to bring the damn thing in here. <laughs> The more you talk about it, the more likely it's going to show up. Okay. 
Not until I'm comfortable. Okay. Until you're comfortable. You're never gonna be comfortable. Fucking talking about <laughs> okay, the one you hate. Yeah, you gonna get possessed. <laughs> Bitch, I'm probably already possessed. You know how many weird-ass places I've been so far? But. So, yeah, next week we're going to talk about our something paranormal. We have not 100% concluded a topic yet, but we will. And you will find out next week because because you hopefully will like us and want to watch us. Hopefully, we are hoping you join us next week for our paranormal cases that we will also be researching throughout the week and not telling each other about until we get here so that we get to startle each other with the spooks. So we will see you. But, you know, if you don't want to watch us, if you don't like us, you know, we don't Do it anyway. We don't blame you. (laughs) We will see, we will hopefully hear from all of you next week, and you will hear from us next week. For sure. But for now, this is the end of podcast one. Thank you for joining us. Creeping it real. Creeping it real.